welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Isn't God so good? I was reminded of a song, an old hymn, O Four Thousand Tongues, when we were singing Your Name is Higher. And just like he breaks the power of canceled sin and sets the prisoner free. He breaks the power of canceled sin. How many of you have been set free from something in your life? (sighs) How many of you have been delivered from stuff in your life? How many of you are thankful for Jesus? You're thankful for Jesus. Corey Ten Boom said, you'll never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And I don't know about you, but I'm actually thankful for seasons of suffering in my life because it caused me to get on my knees like this. It caused me to have many sleepless nights where I was clinging to him with all my heart. And those were the moments in life that I knew that Jesus was all that I needed and I would be okay. And you know what? God brought me through that. And we're going to talk a little bit about God bringing us through things. But um, the Lord told me something uh, several months ago. And he said, I want you to do this every time you preach. I want, to give, I want you to give the word, or I want you to give the church a prophetic word. So I'm going to give you a word, okay? Just a word of encouragement. And I find it interesting that the first couple words here, that the Lord, this is the third week in a row that the Spirit of God has said this. So if you've been paying attention, you'll notice this. But the Spirit of God says to us today, church, don't give up. Say, don't give up. And then he says, don't give in. Say, don't give in. He's saying that joy comes in the morning and joy is coming. Church, where there has been defeat in your life, there's going to be victory. Come on. Where there has been tears, there is going to be gladness. Where there has been uncertainties in your life, there's going to be clarity. Where there has been sickness, there will be healing. Where there has been darkness, there's going to be an abundance of light, church. For where there has been sorrow in your life and hopelessness, the days of hope are here and the days of hope are coming. And this is the last thing that he said. He said, and where there's been fragmentation in your life, There's going to be peace. And he said this to us today. He's so good. These are the days of peace, says the Spirit of God. If you need that this morning, just lift your hands and say, Father, say, Father, I thank you that these are the days of peace, that these are the days of hope, that these are the days of joy, that these are the days of clarity in my life. Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, I think we need to guard our hearts against um, repetition, you know, because we're like, oh, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, it meant something to me when I was a teenager. No, 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 no. It is a powerful scripture and actually something that's super applicable right now when they were held in captivity. God said to his people, he said, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, church. Plans not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And even when they were in captivity, what did he tell them? He said, take wives, you know, have children, build houses, plant crops in captivity. And I think that's a word for us right now this season is let's not live just putting the covers over our eyes in this season, waiting for the storm to pass by. No, 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 no. These are the days of hope. The time to live is now. Church, do you hear me? The time to live is now. The time to live is now. 
Hold on to hope. Befriend it. Keep it before you, church. Stay surrendered. May we stay surrendered. Guard your heart against all the distractions. Guard your heart against all the division right now. Guard your heart against all the conversations that don't lead to Jesus right now. Guard your heart against that. We must stay willing and not allow hardness of heart into our lives this season. We must be found believing God. We must be found at his feet this season. Be strong and courageous, church, for these are the days of promises fulfilled. These are the days of his kingdom come. And finally, I'll end with this. This is like a sermon. Hosea 2.15, I will transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. Church, Hosea 2.15, say, I will transform. I will transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. Do you believe it? You know, sometimes when I believe things, see, I'm not shouting. I don't have to shout loud to believe something. But I, I just saw this scripture last, actually, the day that the Lord reminded me of this scripture, Facebook memories reminded me of that Pastor Jake preached the same message 12 months ago, that I'd forgotten about this scripture, but the Spirit of God saying it again. And I feel like I need to give this to you, you, to have this, just so that you can have a copy of that. I will transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. Okay, let's stand up. I drew the short straw. I seem to always draw the short straw. Whew, we're going to get through this really fast. Okay, you got your Bible out or you don't have your Bible out? Pastor Jake bought me this amazing Bible that I'm using for the first time. He bought it for me 12 months ago. <laughs> he asked me every week when I'm going to use it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to use it. I don't have my glasses on, but I'm going to at least read out of it. This is for you, babe. Okay. <laughs> we're going to get through it. Okay. Romans 5, verse 12, okay. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not a yet law to be broken. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not um, disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol of representation of Christ who was yet to come, but there is a difference, church, between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam brought death to many, but even God's, but even God is, I see I'm having problems here, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through the other man, this other man, Jesus Christ. Let's say Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads us to our being made right with God. Even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it. Say, I receive it. We'll live in triumph, church, over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings right relationship with God and new life. Say new life for everyone because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because the one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God, resulting in eternal life 
through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's lift our hands this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that all the promises in your word are yes and amen. Lord, I thank you that you're illuminating our hearts and lives to see things in your word this season that we've never heard before, to hear things in your word that we've never heard before. God, I thank you that your church is awakening to righteousness in this hour, Lord, so that we will not miss the mark. God, may we realize our need and our dependence upon you, Lord. May we not be separated from our Bible and separated from this word for it is our daily bread Lord Jesus because you are calling a church that does not live by bread alone but it um, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth Lord Jesus so we receive your word today with meekness and we all said amen well I feel like we've already had some church 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 we are the church amen so if you have read Romans 5 at any time at all it is one of the most difficult passages, they say, in the Bible to understand. But basically, the same thing's being said over and over and over and over and over again in different ways. But it's actually been repeated five times. So I'm just going to actually bring out a couple of verses, try to get through this quickly, try to make it interesting. Um, so let's just go for a little bit of a ride this morning. So uh, let's focus on, or actually, hold on. So let's go to verse 21. But we've got eternal life through Jesus Christ, church. And, you know, the thing is, is that we don't have to just have, we don't just have to accept Jesus in our heart and just have eternal life, that we can actually have heaven on earth in our everyday life. Do you believe that? We can live a life of heaven on earth every single day of our lives. And we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. Sin, guilt, and shame have no power in our lives anymore. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, I'm a new creation in Christ. And then what does it say? I'm a new creation in Christ. Awesome. You know your Bible. Okay, it says, I'm a new creation in Christ. Paul said this, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So if you look at the first few verses, can we just go to the first, I think it's verse 12. I think. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone for everyone sin. So we know that in the garden, right? God created seven days. He, 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 he created man. He said it was not good for man to be alone so that they were in the garden so that they could tend it, keep it, um, take care of it. And then what did he say? You can have all of it. You can have all of it. You can eat from anything in the garden but this, but this. And why is it that we are so attracted to the things that we cannot have? Kind of sounds like Paul, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't do, I want to do. Oh, wretched man and I. So what did they do? They touched the tree. Okay. Uh, they were tempted. They were deceived first. They were tempted. They ate the fruit and it brought sin into the world. Um, so just as sin ruled over the world and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead. So when we accepted Jesus Christ into our life, church, sin lost its power over you. When I accepted, now I was young, and I didn't have a revelation of this at a young age, but as I've gotten older and as I've had to walk through some things and perhaps dealt with some things that happened to me in my childhood, I realized that sin, the effects of sin, actually don't have to take me down, that I have power and authority in the name of Jesus because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells in me, and the power of hell has no power over me. Amen? So in a nutshell, this whole passage that's repetitive is saying sin was strong, 
but Jesus is stronger. Okay? Sin was strong, but Jesus is stronger. I'm going to say it again. The effects of sin in your life might be strong. The things that people did to you, the things where people might have violated you as a child, the addictions that you might have come out of or you're still doing might be strong, but the power of Jesus in your life is so much stronger. He breaks, he breaks, he broke, he broke and he breaks the power of canceled sin in our lives. Amen? So let's look at verse 21. Thanks so much, Alyssa. You're doing such a great job. So just as sin ruled over all the people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead. Thank God. Giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Say through through. I want to focus on that word for a minute. We have a slide for that. Through is the Greek word. It's 1223. It's the word dia. It means, through means successfully across to the other side. Did you get it? Do you see that? Successfully across to the other side. When you're dealing with things in your life and you feel like you can't get over it and you're just struggling, you're looking at things online that you shouldn't be looking at, you're talking to people that you shouldn't be looking at, you're watching TV shows that you shouldn't, you're drinking things that you shouldn't be. (laughs) I don't want to go to a church that doesn't talk about sin. You know, I want to talk to to a church that talks about the truth, but I also want to talk to, or I want to be in a church that talks about the grace and the freedom of God, but I want to talk about sin for a moment, that Jesus Christ gave us the power to overcome these things. So what am I saying? When you're struggling, there's grace to go through the other side, that you don't have to live tormented. You don't have to live defeated. You don't have to live in the full, without living in the fullness of your calling and purpose. Jesus, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Maybe you have a calling on your life and you just don't think you're good enough. Have you ever struggled with that? Who struggled with that? You just feel like you're not good enough. Or maybe you feel like you're not smart enough. Or maybe you feel like you're too much, you have too much fear in your life and you want to be on the platform and you want to be leading worship. Oh, I could never do that. I have so much fear and I just have so much anxiety. God's grace, God's grace gave you power to get through the other side of that so you could walk in freedom and boldness in the fullness of who he's called you to be. Amen? That's the power of through because that's what Jesus does because it's who he is. There's power to successfully come through the other side of every circumstance we go through in life, through Jesus Christ. There's power to break addiction. There's power to break the the effects of abuse. There's power over mental illness. There's power over dementia. Come on. There's power over sickness, guilt, and shame. Jesus breaks the power of generational curses in our family. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? That's what Jesus does. That's what he did. There's power over marriage issues. Don't buy into that line, lie that it's never going to work. That's what the enemy wants you to think. You know what? The thing about buying, you think about a lie too much for too long, it's going to become truth. He breaks the power of lies in our mouth. And I just speak death to every lie that might be in your mind today, that the truth of God would be revealed. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things. What does it say? I can do all things. 
We have to remember that when we quote scripture and when we read scripture, we don't leave the prepositions out. Well, what's this preposition? Through Christ. Someone was telling me a story the other day about this person that was on fire for God. And this was one of the scriptures they got a hold of. I can do all things through Christ. But slowly they started going through things in their life. And you know what they started quoting on, on social media? I can do all things. I can do all things. And it sounds good. But we don't have greater strength in ourselves. If we had greater strength in ourselves, we wouldn't need Jesus. Jesus would not have, God would have not had to send his only son. Jesus would not have had to go on the cross. We can do all things. We can do all things. See, the thing is we have to guard our hearts and our lives from, from using our own strength to overcome things. If we could use our own strength to overcome sin, again, I'm going to say Jesus would not have had to come. There would be no need for Jesus. And if you're struggling with things in your life today, you know, sin is sin. You know, I think we categorize, oh, this is a really bad one. Oh, that's really bad, you know. And then we think, like, we have gossip and stuff. Or, oh, you know, that's okay. You'll get over it. Uh-uh. Sin is sin. And when we're trying to get over you know, when you feel convicted, you be like, I got to deal with that. How you deal with that is not by trying harder not to deal with it. Okay? Because I have learned, okay, if there's something that I know that I shouldn't be eating, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm a woman, okay, I'm going to use myself as an example, I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to. And then what happens? All you think about is eating it. It's all you think about. But when we do things through Jesus Christ, now this is kind of funny, but I'm not going to eat that in Jesus' name. Now I know that seems really funny, but maybe some of us have to say that. I don't know. You know, you do you. You know, we're all walking our own journey. But what I'm trying to say is if we try to overcome something in our own strength and without Jesus, what will happen is we will actually make our flesh stronger. It does the opposite thing. And we will just increase the strength of our own flesh. The power of sin cannot be overcome in our own strength. We need Jesus. And I fear that some of us struggle so hard. We can, can we? We've gone through, we've all been through different, I'm 45, I've been through a couple of seasons, and you know, some people look at us and think, we are not young, we are not young, I feel like one day we're going to wake up, and then we're really going to look our age, maybe one morning, it's going to be like, oh, <laughs> we've been through a few things, I've been through a few things, but I just know that sometimes we can struggle so hard and forget that we have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that lives and dwells in us. I fear that some of us struggle so hard when we don't need to because we are not reading our Bibles and we do not have our identity found in the word. Well, I just want to talk about my feelings. Okay, talk about your feelings. I'll let you, but we're going to talk about the word after we talk about your feelings. I'm just dealing with my depression and my anxiety. You know what? You better be careful what you confess over yourself. You might be dealing with depression, but don't call it your depression. Did you hear me? I think that's a word for some people. Parents, don't let your kids say that. Don't let your kids say stuff like that. Well, you know, I have my sickness, my this, my this. You know what? My Jesus. My Jesus who gave me power and authority over depression. And you could say, Jenny, you've never had to deal with depression. Oh, I did. Oh, I really did. Jake knows that. I couldn't get out of bed. That's a story for another day. Oh, boy, did I ever. And God kicked me out of bed one morning, and that was a process. And you know what? I applied the word of God because enough was enough that day. 
enough was enough, and I'm so thankful for that day in my life that he helped break depression in my life. But some of us can struggle so hard because we are not fully aware of our identity in Jesus Christ. And these three words, through Jesus Christ, I can do all things. I can do all things. Three words. I can do all things. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. When you realize, like, oh, you're like, wow, she's really something else, man. Whoa, I'm a child of God. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. I can do greater works in my life than he did. What? That's a game changer. Identity changes everything. Mark Twain said the two most important days in your life were the day you were born and the day you figured out why. But I want to add one more to that. The day you accepted Christ, obviously, that needs to be added to it. You know what? Satan's not too afraid of you being born. I don't even know if Satan's too afraid of us being a Christian. Yeah, a little bit. He doesn't want us to understand who we are. That's when he gets really, really afraid. Open your Bible. Discipline yourself. If all you can do is memorize a few verses month to month, do it. Because what will happen is when you go through things in life, that word will come up in your heart and you'll be able to speak that over your life. Knowing my identity in Christ hasn't just been something. It has changed everything for me. Everything. And the day that we accepted Jesus and we knew who we are was the day that Satan knew it was over. It's over. We're a new creation in Christ. All things have passed away. All things have become new. And I want to look at verse 17. Oh, you're on it. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater, say even greater, is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it. Say receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Who wants to live in triumph? Who doesn't want to live in triumph? Well, of course we're not lifting our hands. I want to live in triumph. I want to live in triumph. Well, how do we live in triumph? It's right there. For all who receive it. For all who receive it. I want to look at the word received. Now, I see why Pastor Jake thinks everything's Italian and Greek. When I read this word and I looked up the phonetic, I'm like, oh, no, it's happening again. Lambano. I'm not good at accents, but you say it. Say it. Yeah. just Yeah, there we go. Okay. So it's, it's the Greek word, 2983. It means to receive, to get, to actively take hold of. I love it. To lay hold of by aggressively and actively accepting what is available and offered. Available and offered. The Bible says that God set eternity in our hearts. We were wired to accept Christ. That's how I see that. You might be believing God for your family to get saved. That proves to me that they were wired to be saved. They were born to be saved. And this is a word for you. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. 
That was for someone who's believing God for your family to get saved. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. To receive, to get, to actively take a hold of. To lay hold of by aggressively and actively accepting what is available. It's just like Jesus coming. It's just like waiting for us to say the prayer. It's just waiting for us to accept Jesus in our heart. And as soon as we pray that prayer, it's like, whoo! Jesus was just waiting to come into your heart. Jesus was just waiting so that you could rule and reign in righteousness. Jesus was just waiting so that you could have hope. Jesus was just waiting so that you wouldn't have to deal with discouragement and anxiety and wonder who you are and wonder where you're going. Jesus is just waiting for us to accept him. Do you get that? Do you get that? It's just like a moth to a flame. Jesus longs for us to live in the fullness of all that he's given us. When we receive Jesus into our heart, how many of you have accepted Jesus in your heart? You receive the power to rule over sickness and death and guilt and shame and defeat. Addiction, it lost its place because you belong to Jesus. We belong to Jesus. And we've talked about this a lot. You know, Jesus is our Lord, and Jesus is our Savior. Amen? Let me say it this way. Jesus is our Savior, and Jesus is our Lord. And many of us know Jesus as our Savior. And I don't think we ever have it all figured out. But knowing Jesus as our Lord, that's different. That's different. When I say, Jesus, you're my Lord. Jesus, I be- It's saying, Jesus, I belong to you. Jesus, I surrender all. Jesus, everything I have belongs to you. Jesus, I want everything you have for me. Even if I have to suffer, even if it costs me everything, I belong to you. In 1978 or 1979, my parents are somewhere in here, I think. I thought I saw them, but there they are. Everyone loves to sit in the back in this church. So great. I, like, I got to start wearing my glasses. And I've shared this story before, but some of you have never heard it before. My mom and dad, and don't correct me if I tell this wrong, but (laughs) tell me later. (laughs) They're the best. We're all living together right now. It's so fun. Um, In a little church in Maple Ridge, I was two years old. And uh, my parents were in this meeting. And thank God for parents that bring their children to church. And I don't say that with any condemnation, okay? That's, there's no condemnation there. But I'm saying, I thank God for those two back there that brought us to church that day. The pastor asked my dad, do you want to accept Jesus in your life? And the story goes something like this. My dad said, not really. My dad's Irish. Full forgiveness right there. As soon as you hear someone's Irish, it's like, oh, totally forgiven. Yeah, I got it. But, but, there was something in his heart <sighs> that wanted to actively receive Jesus and take hold of what Jesus had for him. Even though he didn't fully understand, there was something in him that said yes. And my dad said yes to Jesus that night. My dad was an alcoholic. Alcoholism and addiction has done its best to destroy my family. But I know that Jesus broke the power of canceled sin over my family. Yeah, come on. And your family. And your family. 
My dad's never had another drink since. Not intentionally. He said once in Russia because he was afraid that it wouldn't be polite if he didn't do it. He asked the Lord for permission. <laughs> I have to tell the story right, you know. God broke the, because my dad said yes. It pioneered the way for me to be able to say yes, for me to grow up in a church, to me to grow up in, a, in an understanding of who God was. And, Mom, I'm not leaving you out of this story. Okay, my mom said yes, and she's done amazing things in my life, and I'm so grateful for her. She rededicated her life that night to the Lord, too. But my focus being on how he, he breaks the power of canceled sin and my dad's yes stopped something in my life. And Jake and I have strong convictions about things in our life now. Because why would we want to open the door to something that my dad said no to that day? I'm going to keep the door closed. Thank you. I'm going to keep the door closed. And I think that's a word for some of us today where we've been struggling with sin or maybe we've overcome sin, but we're wondering, oh, no, I could open that door. Oh, you know what? I could start talking to that person again, that person who's just is not good for you. Some people are not good for you. There's a reason why they've left your life. Don't walk backwards into your future. You're going to fall down and you're going to get hurt. Shut the door to what? Keep the door shut to what the Lord has shut in your life. Don't walk back into what the, what the Lord has brought you out of. That's a word for some of you. 2 Corinthians 5.17, again, I'm a new creation in Christ. Say, I'm a new creation in Christ. All things have passed away. For behold, all things have become new. When we choose Jesus, we choose victory. When I choose Jesus, I choose joy. Even when it doesn't look like there's any reason to have joy, I choose joy. I choose life. And like I said, I think sometimes we can categorize sin. Oh, this one's really bad. and Oh, this one's fine. I'll get over it. I'll get over it. But I want to talk for a moment before we end here. But what about the everyday choosing Jesus in our life and receiving Jesus every day into our life? Not knowing Jesus just as our Savior. But knowing him as our Lord, what about, church, the everyday surrender? See, when we accepted Jesus into our life, we got eternal life, right? And that's awesome. We want our families, we want our friends to experience that, that eternal life have, or, um, in their lives. But what about that heaven on earth that we hear about in the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want some of that. Do you want some of that? Yeah, there's a little clap back there. That person wants it. It's good. What about the everyday surrender? I want to prick some hearts here, okay? I'm not here to be popular. <laughs> with how we love. What about the everyday surrender with how we love? And I'm not talking about how you love people far, far away from you or on social media. That's easy. Your family, the people closest to you. How about our everyday surrender and receiving Jesus Christ into our life with how we forgive? How about with how we walk? Okay. How about with how we talk? What's coming out of our mouth? I hung out with some young adults. I was in Calgary this weekend and um, just to get a couple days away with some friends. And you know what? I just think that we might need to do some washing over our mouths. I think so. I think so. I think when people hear us, they should hear Jesus. 
I think people should hear purity. I think people should hear life when it comes out of our mouths. I think some of us might have to get alone with Jesus and maybe reevaluate what's been coming out of our mouth and see, am I reflecting Christ? Would Jesus have talked like that when he was raising Lazarus from the dead? Probably, bleep, bleep, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know how to do things like that, so I just say bleep, bleep. <laughs> how about with how we treat our spouse? How about with saying no to sin when it's knocking hard on the door? How about, here's a simple one. How about our attitude when someone cuts us off? It's Christmas. How about your attitude when you go to Costco on December 23rd? How about with how we talk to our children? I remember when our kids were young and the Lord, oh, I lost it on Sydney a few times in my life that I am not proud of as a mom. Because moms, we can lose it, can't we? I think, I think our kids thought that every mom was perfect except me. I said, no, every mom is a T-Rex mom. Every mom has the T-Rex inside of her. But thank God for the spirit of God. But I remember in one moment, we were living in Chilliwack at the time. This was years ago. And, and the Lord corrected me. He said, you know what? That's the Jesus that she knows right now is you. I was like, oh, man. And I went back to her and I apologized and I told her that wasn't right for me to speak to her like that. Parents, what, how about the way we live our life before our children? You know, um, in Calgary, um, the kids went to a Christian school called Calgary Christian. Um, they invited me to come to speak at chapel one day. I won't go into the details of that because that's um, not this context. But I didn't know what I was going to say because I was really baited from the enemy to talk about something that I didn't want to talk about. So the Lord in that moment, thank God, gave me something to say. And I said, you know, and this was in this season, this was about eight years ago, I see like two generations emerging, two Christian generations emerging. There's this generation where Jesus is really at the center of their lives. They're applying the word of God in their everyday life. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I believe you. You're not perfect, you know, but trying their best to live out their walk with Jesus Christ. And there's this new generation emerging where they accept Jesus in their life, and they know Jesus as their Savior, but they don't know Jesus as their Lord. And not because they're bad. I think just because they don't understand. And the scriptures that they like, maybe the scriptures that they know, the things that they want to do, They'll, they'll apply it to their lives. But the things that they don't want to talk about, the things that they don't want to deal with in their lives, they don't apply that to their lives. But they're good because they do community really well. And when you have a community that loves you, you're okay. And that's good. But what about what God thinks about us? Right? What about our obedience and our honor before Jesus Christ? What about receiving Jesus every single day in our life so that we can be a reflection of Jesus Christ every single day? What about that? Living in the everyday surrender. I see a generation like, like Jesus. I see a generation that prays and that walks and talks with their father. I see a generation that's not afraid to go to the cross and be crucified with Jesus Christ because they know that there's power when they surrender their everything to Jesus. That's the generation I want to help raise. That's the generation that I see. And I'm not just speaking to the younger generation. When I say a generation, a biblical de definition of a generation is a group of people who live on the same planet. I am not just speaking to the next generation. I'm speaking to all of us. That's the generation that I see. Let's stand up, church. See, when we accepted Jesus in 
our lives. When I accepted Jesus in my life, it was a very long time ago, but I had many times to go to youth conferences and things to rededicate my life and say, Jesus, you're my Savior, but Jesus, I believe in you and I belong to you, and I give everything to you. Psalm 119.11 says, your word I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Pastor Jake is telling us over and over so well, to sin means to, to sin means to, to sin means to, and I don't know anybody that wants to miss the mark in their life. Do you want to miss the mark? Of course we don't want to miss the mark. Of course we don't. But I fear, you guys can start playing a little bit. They're awesome. They're so wonderful, so faithful. Thank God for every volunteer in the house. The Lord is reminding me in this season, because there's so much happening. Do you know what I mean when I say there's so much happening? There's just so much going on. And when there's so much going on, when I read my Bible, when there's stuff going on, where did Jesus go? He went off to pray. Church, I think I'd be amiss if I didn't say this. I think we need to slow down a little bit. I think we need to slow down a little bit. And I think we need to spend much time with Jesus. I think we need to not be afraid of being tired. I think some of us need to set our alarms early in the morning or whenever you read your Bible, like do mine in the morning, and spend time with Jesus. We cannot afford not to have a devotional life with Jesus. Man cannot live, woman, I'm saying woman too, we cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, the beautiful thing about Romans is Romans is a book of identity. It's a foundational book of identity. And we might get through Romans in 2025, man, I don't know. It's gonna be a long time. But it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a good time. Are you thankful for the word? Are you thankful for the word of God to you? Church, let's just lift our hands to Jesus this morning. There's a scripture in Psalm 139, and it says, Search me, O God, and try my heart. Try me and see if there's anything in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. And if we could just for one little moment here, for just a holy moment with the Lord, ask the Lord, just you and him, no one's going to call you out, and say, God, is there anything in me that just needs a little tweak? Is there anything in my life that maybe isn't fully surrendered to you? Is there any sin in me, God, that it just needs to go? It just needs to go in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we stand still in this holy moment as you speak to us, Father. We're listening. Jesus, Jesus, 
thank you. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for never leaving us or forsaking us. Father, thank you for your word. God, that even when all chaos and everything is looming, in a season that just seems so destructive and so much death and so much sorrow, that you are the God of all hope to us. That you are Emmanuel with us, Lord Jesus. That you are our very present help in time of need. God, I speak strength over your church today. I speak life over your church today. I speak joy over your church today. I speak freedom over your church today. I declare, Lord Jesus, whatever you hold for families in this place, for individuals in this place, that it shall be done in the name of Jesus, that whatever is loose on heaven is loose in their life today, and whatever is bound on earth will be bound up today in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that you gave us power to rule and reign. And we don't have to be just like these little peons getting pulverized by the enemy in this season. God, but as your word says in 1 Corinthians 15, 34, awake to righteousness and do not sin. Awake to righteousness and do not miss the mark. God, may these be the days of awakened identity for your church, that they will walk in confidence, and strength saying the Lord is my light and my salvation the Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid amen amen give a hug to the person next to you if you know them if you don't it's kind of weird you just never know it's COVID people just kind of look at you like you have 500 heads but we're going to sing a song did the Lord speak to you did he speak to you I love it when he speaks to me. I love it so much. I'm so thankful. Someone said to me the other day, they said, I don't know how people are making it this season without Jesus. I'm barely making it myself. Give Jesus away. Look for those opportunities to be Jesus to share the message of Jesus, to share the hope of Jesus. It could be making a meal for someone and showing them the love of Jesus. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. People need him this season. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.